Welcome to The Big Remote. My name is Andy Pollain. I'm an independent service design and innovation consultant, trainer and writer. We're in the middle of an unprecedented social experiment with so many people working remotely and many entire families staying at home. Yet there's so much that still connects us together and that we can learn from. Maybe this is all new and you're discovering a new lifestyle. Maybe you've been working remotely for years and now everyone else in your team or your company is doing it and your family too. The Big Remote dives into guests' remote work and collaboration tips, remote life hacks, tips on entertaining yourself and your kids, personal stories and more. My guest today is my friend and ex-colleague Katie Long. Katie, welcome to The Big Remote. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> so normally I ask people, how are you doing? What's a very special how are you doing for you? Uh, maybe you should tell people uh, a, a little bit about who you are and what you do and B, where you are and why you're there. Okay. Um, I'm doing quite well. Uh, I'm a good, I think looking at 20 some odd days staying with a friend, um, that was meant to be a long weekend. Right. I came to Berlin for a birthday party at the beginning of March and then, um, pretty much immediately fell with the coronavirus, which I maybe shouldn't be laughing about. I don't know. The, well, now the, that you're the other side of it, um, I think. I'm on the other yeah, side of it. Yeah. Um, you, deserve, you can but, deserve a, a sigh of relief, I think is all right. Yeah, sigh of relief. Uh, who, and who am, who am I? That's a great question. Who am I and what do I do? Um, so I'm the design connector at Fjord, which is a role that focuses on information sharing, knowledge sharing. Uh, we have a large global community of designers and my role is to help people connect the dots between what work is happening globally and what work is happening locally and um, making sure that people are feel safe and supported and have all the information they need to live their best designer lives. And how's that going now at the moment? Everyone's in Presumably everyone's in shutdown, are they, or lockdown, or not everyone? Everyone is in lockdown or shutdown, but from my perspective, I think it's been a really beautiful moment of connection where previously studios were very focused on on the studio and and connecting mm. with people in studio and now that everyone is remote um it does feel more like a a giant studio so i've seen a lot more yeah. calls with 30 people going it's around the entire globe versus the normal people who already know each other and are, are talking to yeah. trusted colleagues um, so for me, who I, I spent the last year and a half of, of my time at Fjord working remotely, this would have been a blessing, actually, and now that everyone is suddenly like me. I, yeah, it's like I think that we've worked together for years, and this is, mm. I've met you three times. Twice, yeah. three times face-to-face, -face, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, over the course of four years, yeah. so... So let's come back to how you're doing, because uh, the big remote's really about people's remote lives and how most people are kind of coping with uh, working from home and so forth. But you've been in quarantine. You've been in proper quarantine in Berlin for, uh, what did you say, 20 days now? It started um, on March the 10th. 
So yeah, exactly 20 days. And in the beginning, it was a self quarantine before right. everyone was in quarantine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Based off just not feeling so great and the friend I was staying with not feeling so great. And we decided to um, isolate, self isolate for, you know, the sake right. of the, the world, really, you know, I yeah. think globally always <laughs> um but it was strange it was a very strange experience because you know you're coming off a birthday weekend and i was jet lagged and so you're like do i do i just have symptoms from being you know tired jet and, lag, and yeah. jet lagged and being very social and just need to rest or am i actually sick which went on for several days until um i lost the ability to taste and smell and basically got to a point where i couldn't i knew that it was i knew that i was actually sick when i usually take um notes on my phone and i couldn't take notes on my phone anymore the idea of looking at a screen was a bit overwhelming and i was actually doing all my notes by hand like in a journal right <laughs> okay so and you um you said to me that you you just started to kind of like like to read an email you had to read it like seven times and stuff and you you just kind of brain went yeah it was it's there was a big disconnect between your brain and your body and your ability to process things like it would never actually connect and i've talked to people now who have also um had corona and and it's it's like we've been calling it jellyfish brain is the <laughs> is the technical medical term that uh, i've come up with is yeah like it's jellyfish brain where you have the idea in your head and you want to get it out and you actually have energy or you perceive energy to accomplish a task or a goal or an idea and then when you actually yeah. start to do it, it it doesn't quite um it doesn't it can't get there you can't actually manifest it Wow. But you've been, so you've been lucky that you haven't had any respiratory problems or any of that stuff. Um, lingering, but not in, in, in it, it didn't feel like there were. Um, but right. then on the other side, trying to do a dance class or do a yoga class, it's like in the yoga class, lung capacity is very, is fine. And then in a dance yeah. class, it's like that actual cardio doesn't yeah i could i could feel where there were lasting uh, respiratory things but i never had a cough i never had a fever i never right. um maybe a little chest pain at the beginning but a headache right. well we should probably point out that you're you know you're a healthy i don't know how old you are actually i i, I know gentlemen don't ask i was 30, 36. Um, <laughs> So you're healthy, middle otherwise healthy, age, um, uh, yeah. 36, you're not middle-aged, I'm middle-aged. Technically, technically. <laughs> but, well, it depends how long you expect your lifespan to be. That's fair, that's fair. Um, and so, you know, you, so you've been lucky, and so your flatmate had it too, or the per your friend who you're staying with had it too, yeah? Yeah, it's, um, the friend I was staying with for the weekend had it as well, and then she has two other housemates and they both tested positive for it. Right. She and I never got tested, but um, I have since. 
So um, in your quarantine time, though, you 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 obviously you had jellyfish brain and um, and uh, were I imagine at some point just when I'm not doing any work anymore, like this is I can't even think straight. Yeah, I, the the thing about the jellyfish brain is it never stifled the creative process. So even. The, days into it we were planning these kind of extravagant we cooked the entire time that was the thing where you have energy and so it, it was a bit disassociative where you're just cooking these really giant meals and eating these meals and we're talking about the play like we're going to write a play and we're going to like i'm going <laughs> to learn the saxophone and compose a song and so that part of it never stopped but yeah it was the actual logistics of writing an email or, or getting something down on paper uh were difficult so there was a lot of daydreaming if you will but right. i think we're just now at the point where uh we're all starting to find a routine in our practice again um yeah and so so coming out of the the um sort of tail end of of the sickness you started to find some sort of ways to entertain yourself. So what did you do? Um, we decided to, and this was actually inspired by uh, a group of friends in Madrid who also were sick and in quarantine. And so they did a weekend where everyone taught the other housemates the skill they were most um they knew the most about. So one taught a painting class, one taught a meditation class, and one taught a, a, um, a flamenco class. And then in our group, we picked things that maybe you didn't know so much about uh, to keep it interesting. So one day we had <laughs> a cheesecake baking class. One day we had a, a haiku class. And, and, one, <laughs> and one day we did a floral arrangement class based off of ikibana, but with household items so freaky bana um, <laughs> and it's, it's nice because it gives you the chance to learn something new on your own and then share share the information like i said i'm a but knowledge sharing professional andy so this is really it is that's yeah. true it's very much your your profession and um there was i seem to remember something like kind of a unicorn in a in a beer glass um with some <laughs> what, what did i <laughs> yeah i think it was it's like a a decanter with a um, very wilty parsnip and <laughs> a, a, a golf ball <laughs> and some ripped up very paper. Nice. So that's a representative of Trump that the golf ball was. Then. Yeah, you know, it's 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 your emotional state. So we didn't actually right. uh, analyze each other, but you know, maybe in the future. And uh, you wouldn't be you if there wasn't some dressing up going on as well, right? Always dressing up, yeah. Uh, the it's. I think that that's a really important part of being in quarantine. Is, is just like, well, I'm going into the kitchen, so I'm going to put on makeup and earrings for dinner. Um, it helps. I have heard. I have heard the formal Fridays have been um, have sort of started to come in on Zoom calls because people are sort of either everyone's kind of sitting around in, in tracksuits and stuff, and so. People are starting to get dressed up, and the one I saw was a—I um, think she's a TV presenter in um, in Australia—and she she had a sort of full kind of ball gown and tiara on, on on Friday. That's very yeah. good. Yeah, it, yeah, I, it's hard, right? Because you have these clothes, and you want, to, and you're used to being comfortable in your house, but you also need to break up the time in some way. 
have you managed to sort of also find alone time amongst you know a, a, an apartment of four people? Yes, but we're lucky because each each person and there's a couple has a room, and so yeah, I think that that was finding the balance in that too because there is a bit of excitement and you want to do things together and you are a community um, mm. and the ebb and flow of when to have alone time and when to have together time. And so meals have become a time to come together and then um, shut door policy, you know, like if someone's in the room with their door shut, they're doing their thing and right. give it a knock. Right. Mm. It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? There's a, I don't know where this came from. I, I've probably talked about this with you before, actually. Um, I know that Abby Hatter, who she's, she's Australian, she was in Fjord in London, yeah, 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 brought yeah. this over to Sydney. Um, which is this idea of tiger time and lion time. Do you know this? Is this like you have the thing where it indicates whether or not someone can come talk to you or not? Kind of. And what, and what it was was as a, the, it was a project team. So project t- teams did it. I've talked about this on one of the podcasts before, but they lions hunt in packs and tigers hunt alone. And so they would schedule in the day, you know, the stand-up at the beginning of the day. They'd go, okay, from, from now until lunchtime, it's uh, tiger time, and then after lunch, it's lion time. And literally, as the kind of you know clumsy design director, I'd wander into the project room, go, right, um, oh, uh, Graham, is there something I need to... And he'd just put his hand up, go, it's, it's, it's tiger time. And I go, oh, okay, sorry, yeah, and and I'll come back after lunch. So the idea being, you need people headphones on, focusing on their own sort of deep work during tiger time, and then lion time was the the, the collaboration time, and it was quite nice. It was just it became this kind of um, custom, right? It became this thing that, like I said, I would come in, and when people said that, I'd just respect it and go, oh yeah, sorry, um, which is a, a nice way of kind of demarcating. And it's also especially when you're all in one room. Yeah, it's a better way than being like, we're going to set clear boundaries. Like, I mean, bound- yeah. are, it is boundaries and boundaries are important, yeah. but it, it makes it more, in- more fun. Yeah, more fun. Yeah, no, I think it is. And, and uh, no people have sort of signs on their desk and stuff, but I, I also know that uh, I have another colleague who, for whom her colleagues just never respected that at all. And, and she was like, I, and it, literally she would have like a, um, a sheet of A4 taped to her back while she was working saying do not disturb me i'm working and the, the people would still sort of come up or would sort of come up next to her and start talking loudly and she, until she took her headphones off she, like, people would walk up to her when she had the sign on her back even when she had the sign on her back yeah, yeah. so it, it's one of those things you have to you have to um agree on as a group right uh, rather than it that's why it was important it became a sort of cultural thing in the project teams rather than one person saying hey when i've got this sign and that means don't talk to me because if everyone else hasn't kind of agreed to that um and is not under- understanding of that then they just think you're just being an awkward i agree i agree and also to recognize it in yourself right because at some point yeah. i noticed that i because you're in such a small space and you're together all the time and there is kind of a never-ending flow of a single day um I would just walk into my housemate's room and start talking to her without any break. And it's, it's noticing it's like, Oh no, like I need to respect that she is in her space and I am entering her space, even though the divider is very thin, like appreciate. Otherwise, otherwise just like kind of coming into someone's house and sitting on their sofa (laughs) without asking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Zoom bombing, but just in real life. What is Zoom bombing? 
Oh, you yeah, haven't heard oh, of Zoom Boy. Yeah. So this is so some some Zoom calls like this one actually. Um, they don't have a password. If you've got that their kind of URL, you can just drop in. And so Zoom bombing is where people, you know, there's been you know coffee mornings and and Zoom kind of get-togethers and meetups and stuff. And the, you know someone will post the URL on Twitter, and it might be like you know 100 people on there. And a Zoom bombing is someone who just comes in and they're using screen sharing app to kind of stream porn or something else in into that chat. And if you if you don't have it passworded and you don't have the kind of settings set up um, correctly, you can kick that person out, but they just keep coming in. Right? Zoom is kind of like the modern era CB radio or chat roulette. Chat roulette, if you want. Yeah. <laughs> we we can set it up to have you. We saw you went into a waiting room, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I could see. And before I let you in, so um, you can set it up to do that stuff. But yeah, it's sort of it, for that stuff. I always find it interesting how quickly. Um, people learn the affordances of a, a new technology and a new way of socially interacting and whether that's kind of for good and bad. I like that too. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, you have to appreciate the yeah. mischief makers. Like wh- how much fun <laughs> exactly. would it be right now if someone just joined the call? It would be like, yes, please. It sort of would be quite cool in experience? some respects. I have to say. <laughs> well, I have been, uh, you know, there's been quite a few dogs and cats of, uh, of Insta of uh, zoom going on. Yeah. So how has it been kind of emotionally, though, to be, you normally, you live in Austin, right? Yeah, I live in Austin. It's, it's been okay. I think having, I think getting sick in a cohort, because it was myself, my housemate, all the housemates, all the people at the birthday party, created a community where we were talking every day and sharing symptoms. And so there was so much uncertainty if you tried to go to the internet to figure out what was going on and to figure out if you actually had corona or not but we just knew that whatever we had we all had and we all had it together and our our symptoms mirrored each other and so someone might be like a day or two ahead of everyone else and so you kind of knew what was coming um but it's I really was thinking of this is like when when I was very sick and I was like it's like that thing where you go off and you get on a sh- you know like you get on a ship this I don't know we don't call it the age yeah. of exploration anymore like the age of Not, what do we call yeah. it now I yeah. don't know um, but it's like I'm gonna go off on a ship to make my fortune and you might never see your family ever again and right so you were like kind of Vikings just kind of heading out across the ocean well right because it's like it's like yes I yes I will be able to go back and see my family but really how yeah. and when and then also my parents um are older so it's like is it actually safe for me yeah. to go back and see my family right now um and so it's like that you have this feeling that you know is a core human feeling like a, a, an emotion that we haven't had context for in so long but it but you feel the the generational um, connection to something bigger than 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 yourself. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? Come on, um, I know someone who's a psychoanalyst, and she often says, you know, when when you travel a long way, you know, jet lag, you've got the kind of physical things of jet lag, but there's also this. It takes sort of a while for your psyche to catch up. She says, you know, your body is a stone age body. And, uh, you know, all of this kind of, you know, the fact that we are able to talk to each other, although you're in, in Berlin, at least in uh, the same country even, um, but via kind of video, but the fact that you're able to do all of this and travel, we're so used. I mean, you and I travel a lot for work and so used to just kind of jetting around the place and kind of traveling and, you know, going through the jet lag and going through, but this idea that you can just, you know, you know, you're going to go back again, but that sort of 
idea of setting off over such a large distance. If you imagine, you know, you were saying, that, you know, I don't know, even a few hundred years ago, I'm setting off from America to Europe. I don't know when I'll be back again. Right. right. And uh, yeah, it's the, we always, uh, we, within a group of friends, it's a similar thing, but we always say your soul can only travel as fast as it would on horseback. So it's similar <laughs> yeah, like exactly. your soul yeah, is yeah. making you yeah. say but uh, yeah, it takes a minute for all of yourself to get to a place. Um, yeah, and like, how long would that take to actually take a boat between here and there? Know, a long time. Well, it depends on what era you're in. It depends whether you're rowing or it's a steamboat or something. But yeah, but several several weeks. So, um, so what are your plans now? How how's this all going to kind of wrap up for you? Or do you not yet know? I do not yet know. Um, the U.S. Embassy has kind of been like, "You're on your own. Deal with it." Nice. <laughs> and um, the the German health department or the I don't know what we call it here. The it's probably the, uh, the, the Bundesamt for Gesundheit or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, have put us in quarantine for another two weeks, so until like the sixth of April. And so at that point, I think kind of see what my options are and um, make a decision that is the safest for myself wow. and those around me. I assume you didn't come over with uh, six weeks worth of clothing, though, either, did you? No, but I, I can. I, Resourceful. You're a one-bag traveller. I'm a one-bag traveller, yeah. Well, look, uh, we're coming up to time. Thank you so much for sharing your experience, especially of having had coronavirus and, and uh, all your kind of tales of the jellyfish brain. Thank you so much jellyfish for being... Jellyfish brain people. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on The Big Remote. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for listening to The Big Remote. If you want to learn more about other shows on the This Is HCD network, go to thisishcd.com, where you'll find Power of Ten with me... Prodpod with Adrian Tan, Decoding Culture with Dr. John Curran, Ethnopod with Jay Hasbrook, Bringing Design Closer and Getting Started in Design with Jerry Scullion, and Talking Shop with Jerry, myself, and some of the other hosts. You can also sign up to our newsletter or join our Slack channel and connect with other designers around the world. My name's Andy Polane. You can find me at polane.com or apolane on Twitter. Thanks for listening and see you next time.